Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, sometimes people get involved in doing things that, well, we just enjoy doing. And sometimes those things are not actually lined up with what we need to be doing. And God has a, a way of capturing our attention, let's just say, and, and bring us back on the right track. Today, our guest is Pastor Robert Bass. Robert Bass is a podcaster, a speaker, author of three books, a ministry leader, and his latest book is Hidden Fruit, Receive All That God Has for You. Now, Pastor Robert experienced not one, but two major motorcycle accidents. This served to, let's just say, get his attention focused on things that matter. And the result was answering the call of God for his life. He started to write these books and entered the ministry. I said, now he's serving God and praise God for that. We're going to get all into this story. Help me welcome to the program, Pastor Robert Bass. Pastor, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the program today. I, I, I do appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to the conversation. Amen. Well, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief introduction, can you share with us in your own words, who is Robert Bass? Yes. Uh, like you shared in the introduction, God has done a lot in my life. I've previous tennis player, uh, previous working for Mercedes, fixing cars, uh, even on my, on my own personal training business. Amen. And God's really done a lot in my life, giving me a lot of opportunities. And so, uh, now it, it's really my life is God's. I've, I've done a lot my way, like you kind of mentioned, and and now I've learned. Okay, life is a, lo a lot better when when we can Amen. trust God and and operate under His strength and His grace. Yeah, Amen, Amen. You know, I've had a couple of, of life changing events that happened in my life prior to me answering the call of God, so I know how dramatic those experiences are you know it seems like the entire world is stacked against you until there's nowhere else to to look but up Amen. <laughs> even then at least in my life there was no you know miraculous turnaround but things started to take on a different perspective and one step at a time you know my life began to transform into one of just service to god and and i'm not saying god made these things happen type thing but I put myself into the position that things happened. And, and the scripture comes to mind that, you know, you will reap what you sow, <laughs> put it like that. And, and even if we don't want to reap what we've sowed, we still do. And, and how is that with you? I understand. I said, we mentioned in the intro that there's a couple of motorcycle accidents that finally grabbed your attention. Is that right? Oh yeah. And I tell my son that all the time. You reap what you sow. It's it's a yeah. it's a law that God has established that no one's gonna get away from. 
Exactly. Kind of like gravity. Like we all are going to experience that law and it's going to affect our life. And so that, that was true for me in my motorcycle accident. I was really living for myself. I really was. Um, I did things the way, you know, Robert wanted them to do, uh, even though I was raised in church, like I, mm-hmm. you know, I was saved at 10 years old and I could even going back, like I know the Lord saved me at that point, I, but there's a difference between, you know, really knowing about God and having that deep relationship with him where you, where you love him and desire to follow his ways. And unfortunately for me, that happened in a, you know, very hard and difficult life-changing situation through a motorcycle and so my first motorcycle accident was not really my fault i was coming onto the interstate and it was gravel on the road Mm. my bike just slipped right out from under me and i had to learn to walk again and that transformed my life in a very unique way where i began to see how much really god has given our, our bodies like these physical bodies how much they can heal and recover and, and the amazing complexity and, and beautiful nature that God is giving us. And, and that opened my eyes. And that's when I started a personal training business where I was like, well, I want to help other people. But at the time during that first motorcycle accident, I wouldn't really say that I was doing it for God. I, my life was just changed. So I was like, well, I want to help other people, right? That, that was kind of the first thing God was doing in my life. And so I opened up this business and just began to help other people physically. So even in that first motorcycle accident, God was working, even though I hadn't fully surrendered my life to him in that one. Yeah, amen. Well, share with us what was going on in your life as far as, you know, you had your, your after the first accident, you had your training business. But what did God have to allow happen to get you all the way in? I know. I know. I didn't learn the first time, but, uh, but that's okay. God loves us. Right. And he has grace on us. And, um, and so unfortunately I got into another motorcycle accident, uh, probably a year or so later. And this one was my fault. You know, I was driving recklessly and not really paying attention. And this one really affected me a lot different where it was more mental. And so in the second motorcycle accident, at the time, I had a lot of friends. I had a a lot of things, right? I had houses and cars and clothes, and I could just do just about anything I wanted financially at the time. The business was successful, right? And and so I could do anything I wanted. And when you can do anything you want, it attracts a lot of people. Uh, And what I learned in that, though, was those people weren't really my friends. They were acquaintances. I thought they were my friends. So I get into this motorcycle accident and this was before, you know, DoorDash and all of these companies that could deliver food to you. Uh, This is really before social media was very, very popular where you could really reach out to a lot of people. And so I'm texting people calling, Hey, I need some help. I can't work. Um, I'm at home in pain. I need help. And I remember people just responding saying, Oh, well, I'm sorry. You're going through that. Let me know when you get better. Mm. And I'm like, no, I need help now. I need someone to be for me now. And it was so eye-opening because I was in constant pain, just 24-7, scars all over my body. It was horrible. Pain medicine all the time. Couldn't work. I mean, it hurt to sit. It hurt to lay down. It hurt to breathe. Everything I did, there was pain. But then there was this mental pain because everyone was abandoning me, and I didn't have the support I needed. 
And so luckily I was raised in church, and so I knew where, where to go. I, I knew who to go to. And so I remember just opening my Bible and just flipping it open, random scripture. Wasn't even yeah. intentional with it. I was like, God, I just yeah. need your help. <laughs> and I remember in that moment that I got so much peace. And it was that same feeling and experience I got as a child when I was 10 years old. And I, I knew in that moment, I've felt this before. And I knew that that God had me, even though my situation wasn't different. And that was the moment where I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to do things your way. But I had no idea what that even meant. <laughs> what did it mean to have your life fully surrendered to God? I had no idea what to even do, how to start. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to church, right? I'm, that's all I know. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to go to church. And, and that began that journey of transforming my life and surrendering it to God. Amen. Amen. When did you sense the call of God on your life for being a pastor? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it, it happened much later. Um, because God really had to, to make some faith steps for me. And so I, during the second motorcycle accident, I started going to church and I was taking my gifts and talents as being a trainer, being an athlete. And I began to host classes in my church to help other people get healthy. And I remember like my pastor coming to the class and I was nervous. <laughs> I was like, Oh no, the pastor's here. And so, uh, but I began to see his life like become healthier and, and him losing weight and, and getting in physical shape. And I'm like, wow, look at the difference I can make helping other people. Um, not only physically, but even spiritually. And then God asked me to move. I mean, that's, that's all I felt. I was driving down the road one day and I felt like I should move. That's it. I mean, you know, it wasn't an audible word or anything like that from God. I just felt like I should move. So I approached my pastor. I approached the deacons of the church that I was serving in. And I said, hey, I'd like for you to pray for me about this. And they did. And they felt peace about it. I mean, that's it, right? They just felt peace about me moving. And so I had no idea what to do. And so I just started touring different towns in Florida, touring big towns, small towns, and eventually landed in Jacksonville, Florida. And so I sold everything, Pastor Robert. I sold everything I had when I was living in Destin, Florida, and I just moved to Jacksonville. Mm. So it was this massive faith step for me that God was showing me, hey, are you really all in? Yeah, you know, it, yeah. it was almost like Amen. God's like, Do you, are you really all in for me? And, and obviously the answer was yes, because I made that faith step to move. And so then getting here to Jacksonville, right, there was faith steps for me to make and oh, yeah. serving faithfully and, and all of these different things. And so for me, I've really just tried to live my life through the doors God has opened. Mm -hmm. So I tell people my greatest strength, my greatest strength as a pastor, as a leader, as a husband, as a friend is to listen to God. That is my greatest strength Amen. Yeah. because then I'm not operating out of my wisdom. So if I hear God tell me to move, okay, here we go. What, what, what does that mean? And so for me, my, my faithfulness has been in my ability to listen to God and Praise obey. God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, when I was in the military and that was going to be my career, that was my calling and all that. And, and in 1989, they did this big drawdown, and I got caught up in it. So I had to become a civilian, 
and had my own job, my own business for a little while. And, and I was not born again at this time. I thought I was, you know, because raised in church and all that, but I wasn't. And my lifestyle, you know, the drinking and all that stuff, I mean, you know, think about your typical, you know, soldier mentality. That was me, right? And uh, the unexpected discharge from the military affected me greatly, put it like that. Financially, emotionally, and, you know, the drinking increased and all that good stuff where, you know, you talk about, you know, just with nothing else, you just read the Bible. And I went, left the family in Louisiana at the time. And we went, I went to Georgia to try and sell insurance. And uh, the, uh, cause my outfit had packed up and moved 6,000 miles away for the Gulf War and uh, wasn't selling anything. We were flat broke. They were getting ready to repossess the house and all that stuff. And I decided that the best thing I could do for my family was to give them our life, my life insurance money. And that was my decision. And I was crying about it. And I said, Lord, Lord, that's the only thing I got to do. That's the only way I can provide for my, if you're going to fix this, you need to do it now because otherwise I'm going to fix it permanently. And, uh, when I went to Louisiana or from Louisiana, Georgia, I rented this little dumpy, crappy apartment in one of the worst areas of town because it was the only thing I could afford and didn't have any furniture. I slept on the bare floor with a blanket and a pillow. That was it. And, but my wife forced me to take my grandfather's Bible with me. Now she'd been born again four years prior to this. And she was praying for me every day to get born again. And since there was no TV or radio or anything, the only thing I could do is read the Bible. And in the front of the Bible, there's three columns where you could read the Bible through in a year. If you, so just for something to do, I read two columns during the day and one column at night. Well, when I made that decision, you know, they say how that peace, after you make that decision, comes over you. That's what happened. I mean, I was like, yep, yep, this is what I'm going to do. But I love my kids, so I was going to, by this time it was 1130 at night, so I was going to wake up or wake up early in the morning, call them before they went to school, tell them I loved them one more time. And then that was, that was it. And as I lay down, the Venetian blinds were cracked open just a little bit. And the street light was shining right on the Bible laying on the floor. I said, Oh, I forgot to read my scripture tonight. I said, I'm going to meet God tomorrow. At least I can tell him I was reading his Bible before I checked out. Well, the scripture reading for that night was Psalms 34. I started reading it, got down to verse seven, and it said, the Lord has heard this poor man cry and shall deliver him from all his trouble. And immediately I felt like warm oil being poured. And I started laughing and crying out loud and I knew what had just happened. Right? So I called my wife, she was crying and I said, I'm coming home and I can be just as broke at home with you as I can here, you know? And uh, in that last six days, at the end of the month, January 25th, 1992, at 11.35 p.m. Eastern Time in a little dumpy apartment in Columbus, Georgia, I was born again. And I went home. In that last six days, I sold enough insurance to pay the bills in Georgia and start catching up the bills at home. But it was another two years, three years before I got called into the ministry. And uh, my calling was through Ezekiel chapter 2 and chapter 3. And I was like, let me go talk to my pastor about this. Because I, I don't know, my lifestyle was not, you know, 
one that you would consider a pastor to be, you know. And uh, I'll never, never forget how great this pastor was. I was expecting to pray for me and give me some reading materials and recommend a school and all stuff. I said, I think God's calling me to be a preacher. He goes, you think so? He goes, yeah, I think so. And he got up, and as he's walking out of the room, he just patted my shoulder and said, come back when you know, and left. Didn't say nothing else, you know. And I was like, oh, I figured he'd at least pray with me or something, you know. But he said, just let me know when you know. And he walked out. And about four or five months later, I was fighting. God, no, no. I, you must not realize what I lived like before. <laughs> you know, type thing, right? And uh, eventually, uh, the calling was so great, I had to acknowledge it. I said, okay, I'll do it. And, uh, and from that time on, you know, everything that had happened in my past, I realized God was setting me up for the future. You know, he was closing the door on the military because what happened two years later, the Gulf War started, you know, who knows what would happen if I'd have been over there. And I was in the cavalry and, uh, you know, so I was supposed to be up on the front lines and all that good stuff. Uh, but who knows, you know, and then you talked about moving from city to city. I was living, but I went to Bible school in Texas and then tried living in Texas in the Fort Worth area had my own business again and the call, my daughter had married a guy from Baltimore and moved out to Baltimore, Maryland. And she's like, dad, you know, you need to move out here because jobs all over the place and all this stuff. Nope. Nope. Texas is God's country. That's where I'm going to live, you know, type thing. Refused to move. Well, the company I was working for ended up going bankrupt (laughs) and now we had nothing. So I was like, well, Let's go to Maryland and and we'll we'll come back here in two years. That was in two thousand, year two thousand. We've been here ever since because as soon as we got here, the blessing was here. You know, I mean, I job and had a became a law enforcement officer and all that stuff. End up retiring, so I still have my pension. Blah blah blah, all that stuff, right? But this, you know, people say, when are you going to leave Maryland, come back to Texas? And when God says I can, (laughs) I refuse to move. And he brought to me the story about Elijah, you know, he goes, I have prepared a place for you there. And it didn't matter. The drought was kicking in. Didn't matter. You know, the drought was, the, the brook was drying up. He refused to move until God said, now go over there. You know, and I call it, and when I preach on that sermon, it's called His Place Called There. You know? And uh, as long as you're where God says you're supposed to be, you are there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, so I can understand. I can understand what you're talking about that, you know, you left everything behind, moved where God told you to go. That so was... good. I like how even in your story, right, as soon as we seek God, he's there. Like exactly. he meets us yeah. where we are. That scripture are. says, if you seek me, you'll find me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Amen. it's so powerful. God, Amen. God's just waiting. He's there. He's waiting all the time. Amen. Amen. What transformed your perspective on life through your experiences? Yeah, I would say what, what really transformed my life is getting to experience the presence of God. Like you shared in your story, how you felt that warm oil or, or that covering oh, yeah. over you yeah. and, and that peace. So for me, Right, I got saved at ten years old, and and I had that experience. Like I felt the peace of God, and then 
as soon as I open my Bible again, many years later, right? I, God's connecting that feeling and, and that peace all over again. But when I, as soon as I go back to church, right, from this motorcycle accident, all my friends had abandoned me, right? The the people of the, the, the world, the people I thought were my friends had left me. So I go to church and these people who don't know me, who I haven't attended that church. I hadn't tithed or given to that church. I hadn't served. Really, I, had, I had no investment into the church at all. Yeah. But yet I show up, and I'll never forget this, this person sitting on the front row of the church with his family. He sees me walk in to the back, and I sit in the back row, right, very back of the church, kind of hiding back there. And he sees me all by myself. He leaves the front with his family and comes and sits beside me. And he just starts to talk to me, asking how I'm doing, getting getting to know me. And he, him and his family ended up being there for me. They, they brought me food, took me to physical therapy, picked me up for church. They love me unconditionally. And so I got probably for the first time in my life got to experience the love of God. Yeah. Right. I knew a lot about God. I grew up in church. I, I knew scripture. I knew that God loved me and I knew I should love other people. But for the first time, I got to experience Praise what God. unconditional love was like. And that yeah. changed my life. That yeah. that transformed me because people need to experience this. Uh, I need to now pour into other people so they can experience Amen. the love of God. And so yeah. God uses us, right? We're the hands and feet to to demonstrate, to be an advocate for God's presence in his kingdom. And so that transformed the way I saw myself and how I saw help helping other people in my life. Yeah, amen, amen. You know, I, I see you said in a recent interview that people can be in a situation that is not peaceful at all but you can still come away with a sense of peace. Share about that with us. Yeah, I talk a lot about that in my book too, Hidden Fruit, because you know, over the last few years, I've seen so many people or, or, or people that claim to be Christians, Christ followers, that don't have peace. They're in a situation that's robbing them of their peace. And... But God, the scripture kind of says a little bit differently because peace is not a byproduct of my works and my actions. It's a byproduct of the presence of God. And so I can actually have peace or love and joy, right? All, all of these, all the fruit of the spirit, I can have that in spite of being in a situation that is not. So I'll use myself as an example. I got to experience love. I received the love of God even though I was not in a loving situation. My my friends, people, right, were not loving. Other people were not loving me. I wasn't even loving myself, right? you yeah, know, because I was in so much pain. But yet, God's love still reached me, and I got to experience and receive love, which is what tra helped transform me. And so even though the world around me, even though me myself may not be experiencing this, God actually says that I can. Amen. Because of his presence, not because of the situation or what I can do, but because of him. And so that that's that 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 brings me so much hope. Knowing that 
there's something that I can have that God has for me, even though I may not be able to do it in my strength. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. Well, at the time of this portion of this interview with Robert Bass, Pastor Bass has written this book, Hidden Fruit, Receive All That God Has For You, as a father would write a letter to his children whom he dearly loves. And this book, if taken in that context, it will help you to be healed of your past, your past mistakes, your poor choices, all of it, and to start producing good fruit. Praise God. I urge you, drop down to the show notes right now. Click the link right there. Order your copy of Hidden Fruit. Receive all that God has for you. And reach out to Pastor Bass. Ask questions. Get in touch with him because this truly is a great resource and I believe that he's able to help a lot of people with this book. And be sure to come back for part two in the very next episode as we'll be concluding this interview with Pastor Bass. Amen. Till then, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.